Morning, everyone. It is such a privilege to be with you today. I'm so excited, as I think I say almost every time that I uh, get up to share about what God's doing amongst us, but I truly am. As a leadership and just talking across the different sites and people there, it really does feel like there's such a peace of God and there's such a momentum of God and we can't wait to see what he continues to do. So uh, today I get to share in Ephesians again. Last week we were looking at uh, family and those um, and, and the role of family and how we do that right in line with the Lord. And today we are looking at the armor of God and the battle that we are in. And so I would love to open in a word of prayer. I am, I, I am so excited at what uh, the Lord's going to do. So I'm going to open in a word of prayer and then we're going to get right into it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that you are here right now. I want to thank you for your presence. I want to thank you for your power. I want to thank you that you are always working. I want to thank you that you are on the move. I want to thank you that your kingdom is advancing. I want to thank you that we get to be a part of it. And Lord Jesus, over these few minutes together, I trust and I pray that you would speak to us deeply, you would speak to us powerfully, you would change us, you would transform us, you would renew us, and we would be sent out uh, from here more effective for you and more excited for what you're doing. Your amazing name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Sarah and I uh, love watching war movies. It's one of, the, one of the great things we enjoy doing together. Sometimes uh, husbands are like, Ish, you know, I like the war movies. My wife loves the comedy. Thankfully, both of us uh, really enjoy war movies, action, adventure. And we love this movie called Pearl Harbor. Now it's going back, showing my age. You know, it's, it's fairly old now. But it's this awesome movie, a uh, fictional movie about the Pearl Harbor attack. And what they capture brilliantly is the incredible planning done by the Japanese months before the actual attack happens, the run-up, and then the surprise nature of the attack, the absolute surprise nature of how it happened. So you sort of see this picture in the video where people are going about their everyday lives and the sort of music is very chilled and relaxed and suddenly these planes come on the horizon and suddenly the bombing starts, suddenly it happens all around. Um, and in reality, Pearl Harbor had actually been at war for a number of months, right? It had actually been happening for a number of months before. The planning had happened ages ago, ages in the past, but um, the, they'd been at war, they just didn't know it. The people in Pearl Harbor and in and around the town had been at war, they just didn't realize it. And friends, this morning, what we need to realize is that we are at war. We just may not realize it yet. And this is what we're going to look at today as we continue our journey through the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, I would love you to turn to Ephesians 6 verse 10. It's right at the end of Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. So if you can turn to that right now, otherwise it's going to be on the screen. We'll read that together. So first point I want to look at today is how can you and I be truly strong? If we're at war, we're going to talk about that in a little bit in our spiritual lives in a bit. But if we are at war, how can we be truly strong? So let's read together. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. 
And so Paul has spoken to the Ephesian church about a whole manner of different things, what it means to be saved in Christ, what it means to uh, operate in family as we looked at. Uh, and he's spoken on so many different things, um, aspects of life as a Christ follower. And his final charge to them, which we see at this beginning of Ephesians 6 verse 10, is you're in a battle and you need to be strong. But not strong in your own strength, not to try and make it happen on your own, strong in the Lord and in His strength. So that's where he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. We need to draw our strength from God's might and not our own. And we do this by putting on God's armor, not our own. And this is rich imagery of battle and of war, to be strong, strength, might, armor. This is brilliant. Uh, this is real war imagery. But this leads us to why, what battle are we in? Maybe this is the first time some of you listening today have gone, what? We're in a battle as Christ follows. What exactly are you talking about, Craig? So that leads us on to the next point. Why do we need to be strong in the Lord? And this is absolutely opposite to what society says. In fact, society says it's kind of a bit of a weakness. It's maybe a crutch if you sort of say that you need to rely on God's strength. People might say, you need God to help you live life. I mean, how weak are you? Uh, you know, you, you can't do this on your own. And they might say, and my brother's had this said to him sort of in Sweden before and others as well, sort of like, oh, shame. I mean, if, if you can't manage on your own, then I guess maybe you need God. Maybe you need his help a little bit if you, if you can't do this on your own. But, you know, I, I, I can manage fine. I'm doing all right on my own. But maybe if you're weaker, then yes, you can use religion or you can use faith to help you out a little bit. If our battle was only physical, then that would be a valid argument. So if our battle was only physical, it would be a very valid argument for people in the majority of the world to say, you can do it on your own. But if our battle is more than physical, if it's spiritual and spiritual permeates the physical, then we're in an altogether circum different circumstance. And that's where it gets to, sorry, I'll drop this. That's where it gets to him saying, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, put on the armor of God. So he talks about putting on the armor of God and then look at the next phrase of the passage that it says there. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the or, uh, authorities against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So why do we need to be strong in the Lord? Why do we need the Lord's help as Christ followers living on the earth? Well, firstly, it says there, so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy, the plans of the enemy. And to stand is a great picture. If you think of wartime, to stand is this great picture of not getting knocked down, not getting pushed back. It's of holding your ground, of not retreating, of not being defeated, of being firm-footed and strong no matter what comes your way. Stable solid. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying the reason why you need to be strong in the Lord, the reason why you need to put on the armor is so that you can stand, so that you can stand. And why is this important? Well, it's because the way in which we live for Christ or don't has cosmic consequence that may not even be noticed in earthly context. It may not even be noticed in everyday life, but it has effect beyond our understanding. Let me explain this a little bit further. The way that we either stand against the enemy with God's strength or are crushed by the enemy 
will not just have earthly consequence for us and for others who are involved in our lives, but eternal supernatural consequence that's forever. That is forever. So for example, the way that you and I handle an accusation that comes our way or an angry outburst in a conversation could have far-reaching effects. So imagine uh, I'm there at the shops or something or someone's driving badly and, uh, and, and as they're driving badly or do something wrong, either they shout at the window at me or I shout at the window at them or maybe waiting in a queue and someone tries to jump the queue. Now the, the way in which we outburst, say they don't know us at all, right? Now a few weeks later, we suddenly come into contact again and they realize that we're a Christ follower. Maybe they visit church for the first time and they, they look across, that was the person who shouted at me or that was the person who treated me so badly. Or maybe they, it's just a conversation at a braai or a business meeting. They suddenly sort of hear that I attend church or they hear that I'm a Christ follower. Now, the way that we acted in that outburst will have a dramatic effect on whether they move towards Christ or away. And them moving towards Christ or away has eternal consequence. It's not just physical, it's spiritual and it has an effect. Um, it could affect the trajectory of their lives for all eternity. Do you see how something small can either be victory or defeat for the enemy? This is huge. We're not just living physical. We're not living just in a physical battle. We are living a spiritual battle. So that's the first thing. Firstly, we need to stand because of the fact that what we are living has eternal consequence. Secondly, it's because we fight supernatural battles. Look at the passage over there again where it says, uh, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Think about some of the superheroes you might know. So maybe it's Superman, maybe it's Incredible Hulk, maybe it's Spider-Man. My wife, Sarah, who heads up the kids' work, she was talking uh, early on a few weeks ago, and she was saying, hey, kids, tell me about some superheroes and those sorts of things. And they came up with superheroes we have never heard of in our lives. It shows how far we are behind in the modern superheroes. But anyway, think of those superheroes. Now, superheroes are often ordinary people who at certain times transform into superhumans to fight battles that ordinary humans would most certainly suffer defeat. So think about Incredible Hulk, right? On the, uh, on the outside, he's kind of a normal man, maybe Spider-Man as well, Toby. But at certain points in time, they transform into superhumans to fight battles and win battles that they would never be able to win if they were in their standard superhuman strength. In the same way, as ordinary human Christ followers, we need God's supernatural strength and supernatural armor because our battles in life, our difficulties that we face are actually spiritual battles being fought by superhuman powers. And these battles will never be won by ordinary human power with sheer gut and determination. I'm going to do this. I'm going to live this faith. I'm going to, I'm going to be a Christ follower and I'm going to do it on my own strength. No, we fight battles that are supernatural. And so if we don't have supernatural armor and supernatural strength, we will be defeated most definitely in that supernatural battle. We need to be transformed into superhumans, as it were, so that we have the capability to defeat superhuman powers. Friends, don't be deceived. Everything in life is not as it seems. The rat race that's happening all around you, going to work, taking kids to school, kids uh, building friendships, kids at school, uh, things that are happening in nations, those are not just physical. Don't be deceived. Those are not just physical. That's a small part of the picture. There is a real supernatural enemy, the devil and his agents, who are dead set 
on destroying God's plan for your life and everyone else's on the planet. He spends his time creating schemes. It says so you can stand against the schemes of the devil. He spends his time creating schemes to bring about your destruction and others. And believe it or not, quite often these schemes in an earthly sense can appear absolutely harmless. This is why he is called the deceiver. What am I talking about? Well, it could be a full bank account. It could be a relationship. It could be a business partnership. It could be being successful in an earthly sense. Anything to take your eyes off what's truly happening and on your spiritual position we find ourselves in apart from Christ. He's the deceiver. So yes, his attacks can come in very physical, terrible senses, but they can also come in very deceptive ways that in an earthly sense look completely fine. But he is winning the battle because it's taking our eyes off Christ. <clears throat> look at that little part where it says, not against flesh and blood. Scripture's saying, what's Scripture saying in that part? Our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's saying that yes, you may have someone who's nasty to you. Yes, you may meet someone who is horrible. Maybe someone hurts you. Maybe a political leader fails you. Maybe you find a situation doesn't go your way. <clears throat> but there's something that you must understand. And that's the physical side that you see is only part of the story. There is a darker, there is a more powerful, very real, supernatural side that is directing the physical side. It stands behind the physical and it directs and moves. Just as much as there's a supernatural, all-powerful God who's acting behind the physical, it's the same when it comes to our enemy. He's acting behind situations and it's working out in the physical, but actually the spiritual is governing that process. So the ultimate enemy, when someone's nasty to you, the ultimate em enemy is not them. They're being used in the supernatural. They're being used by the enemy to bring about something that's harmful in the physical. But ultimately, yes, they're doing something nasty to you. They're not going to get let off the hook. But ultimately, there's something more sinister working behind the problem that is actually the enemy. Because there's a devil who operates in the supernatural realm with supernatural powers. You see that part where it says uh, there's this, wage, uh, this war being waged against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. There's a cosmic war happening. It's happening right now as you listen to this message. It's happening all around you. It's happening as you sleep. It's happening as you go about your business. We are in a supernatural war that's waged each day in the heavenly realms. And it affects the earthly realm because they're intricately connected. See, we live in the now and the not yet, but actually the spiritual and the physical are combined the whole time. So that war that's waging is affecting what's happening in the earthly things all the time. Now, this battle will one day already end and we already know the victor. Colossians 2 verse 15 talks about the fact that the ultimate battle over sin has happened. And just have to read Revelation to know what's going to happen once and for good to the enemy. You can read that later and read through it. It's so incredible to see the God that we serve. But at the moment, the battle has been won. Sin has been defeated on the cross, but the war isn't completely over. There's still fighting happening in the cosmic realms affecting the physical in which we live. We live where the enemy has been defeated on the cross, but the war is not over. And you and I cannot defeat the works of a supernatural enemy without the help of a supernatural God. And we must remember this. So again, how can you be truly strong? It says there in verse 13, it says, Therefore, because of this battle that's happening, because it's happening at a supernatural level, 
and because of the effect that it has, the cosmic consequence, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So again, Paul's reiterating, this is what you need to do. This battle is that important. But what does the standing firm actually look like? What does withstanding the works of the enemy look like? What does this panoplia, you may say it differently, but when Paul talks about the armor of God, he's talking about the panoplia, which means it's the Greek word for armor, but it means the entire armor of a military soldier. It's, it's not just sort of one thing or another. It is the whole armor. What does that look like for you and I? We're not in physical war. We're not actually enlisted in the army. What does it look like to be in the army of God? So we get into our last little section here. Look what it says. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. So you would have had undergarments as a soldier, right? Your normal clothes. You would have then had a belt that goes around that tightens those undergarments. Then you'd start to layer the rest of the armor on top. So it's interesting that the first point that holds just your undergarments together. In fact, this won't even really be seen when you're at war. But this belt, it says this belt represents the belt of truth. The belt of truth. This was the foundation that all the armor lay, was laid on top of. And we live in a world of relativism. Now, relativism is basically what's true to you is true to you. Truth is relative. It's saying that there isn't one truth. There's a lot of different truths in the world and uh, you can make up what's true to you. And it can be different to someone else's truth. And, and that's where society is heading. There's no singular truth. This is what uh, Pilate said as well with Jesus. He says, but what is truth? Now, Christ followers, we stake our lives on truth. And it's not on what we think truth is. It's on a person. You see, John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. So we stake our lives. The foundation of our lives as Christ followers is on a person. And that's Jesus. And he calls himself truth. We don't stake it on ourselves. We don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but we stake it on the one who does have all the answers. That's the first way to prepare for battle, to build your life on truth. And this may be something that no one even sees. It kind of doesn't look that attractive necessarily. It's just a belt on your undergarments, but it is absolutely vital that we stake our lives on truth. This is the first way to prepare for battle, to build your life on truth. Without standing on the truth of God, your foundation is ready to be taken out by the enemy. So build your life on truth and that is a person. It's not what you think. It's not emotion. It's not what others think. It's about who God is. First part for you to prepare for battle. Second part, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now the breastplate would obviously come over your body like this. It would protect your core, your vital organs as it were. Protect your heart, protect your lungs. So it was, it was incredibly strong. It, would be able, it was curved to sort of glance off the blows of the enemy, but it would protect your vital organs. And it says the breastplate of righteousness. Now righteousness, us being righteous, involves us moving from being dead in our sin to alive in Christ. It moves us from our heart being, being given a new heart being changed from the inside out. And it protects us from the ultimate kill blow of the enemy that destines us for hell. So that's what it does. The breastplate of righteousness in the battle is something that we stand on to protect us from the enemy, to say, you know what, enemy? No matter what you throw at us, my heart is new. My heart is protected. And what it's pumping through my spiritual body is life now and for all eternity. It's just so cool to think on. That is the breastplate of 
righteousness. Protects us from the blows of the enemy as we are focused on what we're supposed to be focused on, Jesus and the price that he paid for us on the cross. Friends, if you want to make sure that you're in the right place, ah, sorry, I skipped that for a short little bit. That's the next one, the right place at the right time. What's so important for us in this breastplate of righteousness, it's so important that we stand on Christ in us. He's the one who we rest on. He's the one who saved us. He's the one who protects us and we truly live for him. So here we go. So first we've got the belt of truth. We've got the breastplate of righteousness, Christ's work in our lives that protects us from the enemy, not what we do. Verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So this is talking about your, your feet and being able to move quickly in battle, right? To maneuver, to run towards something, to run away from something, to, to glance off some blows, to move towards an attacking move. What's he talking about? That on your shoes, you put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. What Paul's saying, he's saying we move quickly and effectively in the spiritual battle by being bringers of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, by being bringers of the gospel of peace into situations, into conversations, everywhere we go. It positions us to be effective in battle and protects us from the blows of the enemy as we're focused on what we're supposed to be focused on. We're not in the wrong place at the wrong time. We're not where the enemy can catch us out because we're exactly where God wants us to be because we're being driven and we're being guided by his gospel. His gospel is priority in our lives, so that keeps us in the situations where we're supposed to be. If we take our eyes off the gospel, we start to focus on earthly things, we start to focus on things that don't matter, then the enemy can draw us into place we shouldn't be. He can make us slower on our feet. He can make us move into positions in battle we were never supposed to be in. It prevents us from finding ourselves in weak positions without support in battle. You see, if we've got our feet fitted with the, the gospel of peace, it means that we'll be in a place where we have support, where we have the help of friends, where we're fighting battles and we're not fighting alone. I love it. Right, verse 16, In all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, a shield is both defensive can block right but it's also offensive so you see those olden olden day movies where the shield would deflect things but also it could push the enemy out the way and allow you to strike with your sword so a shield we've been talking about defensive now we're moving towards offensive so the shield can be both offensive and defensive and this is where faith plays a vital role for the believer faith is believing in what we can't see with our physical eyes it's accessing the spiritual realm and bringing things into earthly settings that are not so it's bringing things that can't be seen into the seen realm and that's what accessing faith is it's believing in a god that we can't see believing in the impossible and therefore things become possible when we choose to place our trust in a supernatural god we move in faith friends you can't live the christian life on on earthly means you can't live it just by intellect you can't live it by academia you access it by faith and the enemy throws dots you see there it says verse 16 the reason why you need faith is because look at what it says uh, over there in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one so the enemy throws darts at you 
in your Christian faith. Might be things like you aren't good enough. Might be things like right now, like he's not really alive. He's not really living. This whole God thing is just pretend. Might be things like God's not going to come through for you. Why pray for that person to be healed? You know that people can't be healed outside of natural medicine. Might be like, there's no ways you can do that. You don't have the capability to do it. The enemy loves to throw lies. He's a deceiver. He's the the king of lies. He throws these lies at us. God doesn't really exist. That was just coincidence. That wasn't a supernatural event. It was just coincidence. Now, the way you block these blows of the enemy, these darts that he throws, are by believing in the promises of God through his word. So that's how you block them. Believe in the promises of God, even if they are eternal in a spiritual realm. You believe in the promises of God and you also attack the enemy. In a sense, you bash the enemy with faith by bringing the supernatural work of Christ into situations and seeing darkness pushed back. So you exercise the shield of faith by pushing back the work of the enemy, by you praying into a situation and believing God to work miraculously, you force back the lies of the enemy, you force back darkness, you bring the supernatural in, and that comes through faith. So step out in faith. Step out in faith this week. Destroy the works of the enemy by faith and believe God to deflect the attack of the enemy. 17, we're almost at the end. Here we go, 17. And take the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. So we're saved by grace through faith and we put on the helmet of salvation. It protects our mind, right? Protects our eyes to an extent, protects our mind when our heart and emotions waver. Because our heart and emotions can go up and down, but we need to, with our mind sometimes, we need to stake our lives on what we know to be correct even if we don't feel like it. So we put on the helmet of salvation to protect us when our heart and emotions waver. So times like these that we stand on the knowledge of our mind, even when we don't feel it, even when we're in doubt. We stand on the truth of God, our belt. We stand on the the knowledge of God, even when emotions waver. You know, teenagers, I used to say to them, leading camps, I used to say, hey, when you give your life to Christ, I want you to open your Bible. I want you to turn to it and I want you to write it down. My old teen study Bible, I've got written there the 3rd of January, 1997. It's when I gave my life to Christ. Why didn't we tell teenagers to do that when they're genuinely given their life to Christ? Well, because what the enemy does is he comes with an arrow and he says, you didn't really ask God into your heart. You aren't feeling it. You know, what really happened? Nothing happened to you. You know, he's just making it up. And you can go back sometimes when your heart doesn't feel it, when you don't feel close to God and you can say, no, I did that. I know I did. I remember that occasion with my mind, with my memory. I remember I asked him into my heart. I may not feel it right now, but I asked him into my heart. We protect our mind with the fact that we're saved by God's work on the cross, not our own work. We're saved by him, by his work, not our own. We look at facts. We look at what makes sense in creation and we know with our minds. It's so important. Quite often I've I've chatted to people who just say, you know, obviously the world just came about through uh, through an explosion and it just all happened then I say well well let's just think about that logically let's go back to what would have to be set in place by a random chain of events for us to be living today and you go through everything that has to be constant our exact positioning from the sun the exact amount of different types of oxygen and nitrogen in the atmosphere you go back to um, the exact speed that the earth moves you, you look at all these sorts of things and you go so let's just think about this with our mind 
does it make more sense that there was, this was created and planned versus this came about through an accident? And you go with your mind, of course it was created and planned. So it helps you when even your emotions waver, you can act on your mind. Right, then it says, the sword of the Spirit. So take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now this is purely attacking, right? So the sword is now the ultimate attack. We've had shield, which is a bit of both. The sword is ultimate attack, attacking part of the armor. We wage war on the offensive with the sword of the spirit. We attack and defeat the enemy by God's words, by the word of God, scripture, and by his words, by bringing the word of God into our lives and into situations that we face. We speak of him. We speak scripture. We get who we are from what he says about us in scripture. We see the world from scripture's perspective, not the other way around. We speak of him opposed to darkened words, opposed to false narratives. We speak with the truth of God's word. And don't you love how poor places are common now? So he says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And he says, comma, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, and he says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And so what Paul is saying is he's saying, we fight this battle with God's word, the sword of the spirit. And this comes about through prayer. So he's saying, we fight this, but it's not like we just suddenly declare the words of God. We do do that. But he's saying the way that this really happens in battle is by prayer. It's by talking to God, talking with God, talking with God into situations, with God's perspective. And this is how we go on the offensive against the enemy. So prayer, so often now the sword of the spirit goes out and attack. It's through prayer, talking with God. So how do we attack the enemy's work? With God's word through prayer. We pray in the spirit. This is praying things we don't necessarily know. This is praying uh, maybe uh, in the gift of tongues, fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is praying in line with scripture. This is praying with God's perspective. We'll talk more on the work and gifts of the Holy Spirit at a later time. But what happens is, is when we pray in the spirit, when we attack with God's word, it takes us to a bird's eye view of what's happening on earth. We see with his perspective, we see with his heart, and that changes how we see earthly things. And so we pray in line with his will, and then he works and he acts through prayer. God has ordained that prayer is powerful. He's ordained that he brings about his purpose through prayer, and we get his perspective through prayer. So what do we do here? It says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication and requests. So we pray ourselves. We pray that God would strengthen us. He'd give us his strength. He'd give us his armor. And then what do we do as we go that? To that end, we keep alert. We pray with perseverance. And then we pray for all the saints. So we pray for ourselves that we would be strong. And then we pray for others. We keep alert. We pray for others in battle because that strengthens the army. So in a sense, you know, say someone's struggling in a physical battle, you would run across, you would help them, you'd run across, you'd help them, you'd cover their backs as it were. Well, in a spiritual sense, the way that we cover each other's backs is yes, physical, but so much more than that, it's as we pray for people, we come alongside them in the spiritual and give them God's strength in the battle. So prayer is immensely powerful. God has ordained it to, to, to help other people. So, so get praying for other people. Pray for other people in this battle that we face. Final bit. This is Paul talking and also pray for me that words may be given me in the opening of my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I speak. So this is what Paul asks for. He says, this is what you must pray for others. 
that we may boldly share our faith regardless of the cost. So yes, we pray for others that God would be, for the, be there for them and those sorts of things. But ultimately, our prayer for each other should be, Lord Jesus, I pray for that person. I pray for that person and I pray two things. I pray that they would boldly share their faith regardless of the cost. Boldly share their faith regardless of the cost. That is how we defeat the enemy and that is what we should be praying for each other when we pray for others. That was Paul's prayer. He said, guys, I'm in chains. I'm in prison. I'm in and out of prison. I'm getting whipped. I'm getting beaten. But you know what? I don't care about that. What I care about is I would boldly share my faith regardless of the cost. That is how we stand against the enemy's schemes. That is how we put on the armor of God. That is how we push back darkness. It's by boldly living for Christ, boldly declaring who he is, regardless of the cost. That is my prayer for each of you. That is my prayer for me. That is my prayer for God's church at Harvest in Harare and beyond. That is the ultimate way to defeat the enemy. So as I close, remember, we're at war. We may not realize it. We may be like Pearl Harbor where we're sitting going about our daily business. We don't know that actually we've been at war against the Japanese for months. They've been planning this for months. The enemy's been planning this for months. We're at war. Remember, we're at war every day. We find strength in God and in his armor. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And the reason why we need God and his armor is twofold. Number one, we need to stand against the enemy because there are eternal consequences to the way we live for Christ or don't. Secondly, it's because our battle is supernatural. It's not physical, it is supernatural. How do we put on this armor each day? We put on it by all those areas, by the righteousness of Christ, believing in truth, the sword of the spirit, and the list goes on. And as we receive this from God, we gain Paul's perspective to boldly live for Christ, no matter what the cost is. So let's pray together. I'm gonna pray that God gives you this perspective today. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you right now that we serve a God who has already defeated the work of sin and death on the cross and this war that's being waged, we know the end result. That's the first thing I want to thank you for. But I pray for people right now at our different sites, people online, maybe you want to stand, maybe now the people who are service leading will, will, will sort of get ready to take over and lead you in prayer. You can stand where you are if you want, you can raise your hands, you can you can encounter God, but Father, I pray you'd give us a big picture that we are at war. We may not have realized it before, but we are at war and we are fighting a cosmic battle and you are using us in this process. Secondly, I pray that we would realize that we can't do this on your own, that we need your strength and we need your armor. If we've never done that before, right now you can say, God, I realize that. Give me your strength. Give me your armor. Because maybe you've never realized before that the way that you live for Christ has eternal consequence. Maybe you also haven't realized before that this battle is cosmic and so it has to be fought with cosmic, with supernatural strength that we can't have on our own. And I pray that as a people, Jesus, we would put on the armor each day. Why do we put on that armor? Because we want to see darkness pushed back. We want to boldly proclaim who you are. No matter what the cost, we want to see darkness pushed back. We want to see you proclaimed and people come to faith. I pray that be the case for each of us, Lord Jesus, and I pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us across our sites. Uh, I'm so excited 
that we would be a people who realize that we're on God's army, that we have a role to play, that we would see darkness pushed back. So, so live that out this week. If you need help, if you need prayer across the sites, get prayer right now. If you need help online, get in touch with us with our contact details. But we want to see you thrive in God's army. We want to see you play the role God's created you to play. We want to see darkness pushed back. We want to be part of God's kingdom advance. And it is such a privilege to do that together. So pray that you have a great day and I pray that you have a great week ahead. And uh, go with God. Go in His strength and not your own. Thanks so much.